This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging it's time for dimland radio with your host jim dr dim fitzsimmons hello and welcome to dimland radio here on the ztalk radio network at ztalkradio.com i'm your host jim dr dim fitzsimmons remember i'm not really a doctor I just play doctor online, and I thought I would start uh, this week's show by uh, doing another installment. It's a pretty rare installment. I mean that, pretty rare, because I don't talk about it too often. Uh, but I'm going to do a, an installment of Tales from the Janitor's Closet. Uh, this is... Uh, it, you know that uh, I work for a janitorial service. Uh, for the last 13 plus years, I've been their office manager full time during the day. I still do uh, some cleaning a couple nights a week. Uh, I started working for the same company in 1989, early 1989. So I've been at it for a long time. And <laughs> there are some stories. Um, but this isn't so much about cleaning, and it isn't going to be necessarily a gross story. I don't want. You know, tales from the janitor's closet always just be gross. Uh, although it is kind of gross in a certain way. Um, to lay the groundwork here, uh, well, uh, we got a new customer. Uh, we do. We don't get a lot of new customers, <laughs> and and luckily we can hold on to people. We seem to hold on to people for a long time, but. Uh, you know, it's hard to get new customers. And there's a building that uh, that we already clean. We do the common areas. Uh, and a new tenant had moved in there. So the owners of the place told them to give us a call if they wanted to have a cleaning service. And so they called us up along with a couple other places to put in bids on, on cleaning. And it's only a two days a week kind of thing, a couple hours a night. Uh, and it's you know, just some basic stuff. Nothing big to, to clean. There's a fair amount of floor, floor work there. Uh, it's It has a lot of warehouse space that we don't do anything in. Maybe a couple of times a year we'll rent an automatic sweeper machine and bring it in and do a, a, a sweeping if they want us to do that. Uh, maybe. Um, but otherwise, uh, it's just, you know, Sweep them off floors, clean a couple bathrooms, empty some trash, do some dusting, basic stuff. Well, as is the tradition with uh, getting a new customer, uh, the boss likes to have uh, me come out with him to meet, for me to meet the customer. Now, I'd already spoken to the main, the, there's, it's a married couple that uh, run the thing. I think their kids, uh, one of their kids, owns the company, but these two, you know, I guess they're close to retirement age, maybe middle-aged people, uh, that just run the place for them. 
I think that's how this it's set up. So I've already spoken with one of them on the phone and got her in touch with my boss, who went out to take a look at the space, met with her, and kind of checked things out, figured out about what we're going to be doing, and then we put in the bid. So when they accept the bid, he likes to bring me out to meet face to face, meet the customers, so that they put a, a you know a face to the name, to the voice on the phone, to the email. Uh, because I'm the person they're going to be communicating with mainly because once the boss has done his job in getting an account, he really doesn't have much contact with the customer anymore. Uh, some he does, but not mm, usually it's, it's me. It's me. So it's a good thing I'm pretty okay with customers. Well, um, so I, I, I get out there and meet him. And, and again, to set this up, I have to explain to you that my boss... Uh, He's a bit of a Trump supporter. Uh, not much of a mask guy. He's, he's just, he doesn't think much of wearing masks. You know, we've got this pandemic going around. And, you know, people are still getting sick. There are still people dying. Uh, sure, things have gotten better. But, but there's some health experts that are saying uh, they see signs of a possible fourth wave coming through the United States. It's a good thing the vaccines are being doled out. But anyway, he's not much of a, a vaccine guy. He would say to me, you know, this is, he thinks it's, if you have a good immune system, if you have a healthy immune system, well, a healthy immune system can help. But as I understand it, some people have immune systems that are pretty aggressive. And those aggressive immune systems can actually be uh, more harmful to them when they get sick. Uh, you know, you get a cold, you get the flu, right? And you, when you get another cold or another flu, it's not the same germ that gave it to you, the same virus or the same bacteria if you get sick on something else. It's not the same thing. You know, in, in, in a case of a cold and, and flu, it's a, it's a virus. But, you know, you get sick, right? And your cold and flus all feel the same, aches and pains, maybe you have a fever, you have headaches, you sneeze, you cough, you, 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 uh, you have runny nose, you have all this kind of stuff. That's, that's your body trying to get this invader out of it. That's its reaction to it. It may be a different invader from the last time you had a cold or the last time you had the flu, but it's still something in there and your body reacts the same way. Well, some people have an immune system that really kicks in and it can make them really, you know, really sick. Uh, and that may be why some people end up in the hospital with this COVID thing. And I'm not absolutely certain on that, but it may be. Uh, there are some people that their immune systems are so hyperactive, so supercharged that they, they actually, that's, uh, that's, a, that's bad for them because the, 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 their immune system begins to attack their own body. And there's a whole problem with that. But anyway, so he just says, oh, you know, have a good immune system, you know, good immune system. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I tell him, no, wear the masks, wear the mask. And he's, and I tell him I follow the science. And he looks at me and he says, well, I follow reality. Okay. Way to go, pal. Really good. Why do we wear masks? I'll remind you. I know you know this. If you've been listening to my show, I've said it several times. Why do we wear masks? We wear masks more to protect other people because we've got, we might have something in us. See, the difference between COVID and the flu, 
when people were comparing it to the flu. And I think early on, very early on in this uh, in this illness starting to come around, I was I made some comparisons to the flu until I learned more. Once I learned more, I went, oh wait a minute, this isn't the flu. The flu is not nearly as contagious as COVID is. You get the flu, you show symptoms almost right away. With COVID, you can not be showing any symptoms for days before you start getting sick, but you still have the virus and can be shedding it to other people. Or you might be one of those people that gets through the entire course of the illness and never shows a symptom. But all the while, you are shedding it and, and, and you could be spreading it to other people. This is why we wear masks. The masks are to keep our yuckiness close to us, not to, to not get breathed in by other people. And yes, the mask does give us a measure of protection from other people's yuckiness, but it's not quite as much as protecting people from our yuckiness. Okay? That's why we wear the masks. We, we don't know that we're infected, but we should act as though we are with this pandemic. It's just that's the kind of illness that it is. All right, so my boss is not big on wearing masks. He's got one. He's not big on wearing it. Well, we go out to meet the new customer, and I get there on time, and he's just a couple minutes after me, and we're, we're a little bit early, so we're just hanging back in the parking lot. Now, I've already got my mask on. And I carry a, a, a bottle of uh, sanitizer in my pocket. Everywhere. When I go outside, I have that sanitizer with me. Got my mask on. I'm ready to go in. He's got his notebook and stuff, and he's got the mask in his hand. All right, so, he's, so I'm just figuring, uh, I'm figuring as soon as we walk into the building, he's going to put the mask on. So we figure we waited long enough. We walk in, and the mask is still in his hand. And that should have been a big clue for me, and it probably was a little, you know, I probably did notice it, because wait a minute, he's met with this customer once before. He's already met with this customer. I'm just meeting for, with them for the first time. Uh, so uh, should have noticed this, this little, that he didn't put the mask on. We walk into part of the suite. It's kind of a, it's a big suite that wraps around the common area. So there's two entrances to it. So we go into the one side. And there's this nice, uh, this nice uh, middle-aged woman, white lady, <laughs> sitting at a table. She sees us come in. She recognizes my boss. She stands right up, walks on over to him, puts out her hand to shake his hands, and she ain't wearing a mask. So she shakes his hand. He introduces me. She puts her hand out to me. What do I do? I shake her hand. Now, in my head... My, my inner dialogue, my brain is screaming, why isn't she wearing a mask? Why no mask? What the hell's going on here? And, you know, and I just shook her hand. So I'm telling myself, remember, when you walk out of this suite, when you're done here, you sanitize your hands. Don't take off your mask before you sanitize your hands. Don't take, you know, don't take, don't take off your mask. Don't touch your face. Don't touch your eyes. Don't pick your nose. Sanitize your hands. That's what you do the minute you walk out of this suite. So I'm being pleasant, uh, you know, and all that, agreeable, like I can be. And her husband comes over. Now her husband, you know, runs the place with her. He comes over. Tall, white dude, middle-aged, probably about the same age as, age as her. Probably close to my... I, I might be the same age as them. I don't know. I don't know where we are in the spectrum here. But he comes over... <laughs> He's not wearing a mask. 
And out comes the hand. Shakes the boss's hand. Shakes my hand. In my head, I'm doubling down. Why in the hell isn't he wearing a mask? And don't you dare forget to sanitize your hands when you leave. And I, again, I'm being pleasant. I'm asking pertinent questions, making sure that we understand what they want us to do. He's, the husband shows us around for a little bit, then the wife catches up with us, and we're walking into the other side of the, uh, of the area that they have. And that has some offices and a conference room and an area where the kitchen's going to be built in. It's in the process of putting the kitchen in. And we go on in there, and we're talking. And I'm trying to keep my distance I don't know if I made it more than six, you know, if I, well, I tried to stay six feet away, but sometimes got a little closer, and sometimes I would just be away from them completely and just checking on the restrooms. There's a couple of restrooms over there, and I was just checking on those on my own, just making sure of certain details that I needed to know for, you know, when we take over the building or the, the suite. And, you know, and all this is going on. And I, while we were still in the first section, there's, uh, there were like six workstations that I could see these tables set up and they had about half a dozen employees working away they they manufacture and sell uh, I think mainly a, a it's, it's a pillow product uh, for babies uh, and and the, the they this, from what I gather they don't make them in this place but they warehouse them there and they ship them out from there and so they have these these people working at each of these tables uh, packaging up the uh, these little baby pillow things and, and I'm sure they do other, they have other products as well, but that's mainly what I saw. And I'm looking at this half a dozen people, and I see one person wearing a mask. One. When we went over to the other side of the suite with the offices, there was a fellow sitting in the office, uh, in one of the offices. He was uh, on his computer, and I did not see whether or not that person was wearing a mask. Couldn't tell. Uh, another person came in from the warehouse, tall fellow, white dude, another white dude. All white people working here. <laughs> that's what, you know, it's Minnesota. Anyway, so in walks this guy. He's wearing a mask. So that's two people I see wearing a mask. So now I figure there's about 10 people working in this place that I saw. Two of them are wearing masks. That's 20%. I could say, at least for our company, the representatives of our company, we were 50% masked. But I'm staring, I'm standing with the three maskless wonders, and I'm just in my head. I said, why aren't you wearing a mask? What is wrong with you people? What is wrong with you? Now, I did not get a vibe from them that, you know, what are you doing wearing a mask? I didn't get that. They were cool and all that. It's just, it's just, ugh. So we, so we left. We, as when we got out of that suite, I did what I told myself to do. I sanitized my hands right away. When I got out to the car, before I took off my mask, touched my eyes, touched my face, picked my nose, sanitized my hands a second time before I drove away. You know, it's, I mean, so it's not necessarily a gross tale, but it's, you know, and it's not necessarily specific to a janitorial type thing, because this can happen other any other business-to-business -business sort of interaction. But it was just, it's kind of gross, because what are you people doing? Don't you get this? We're still in this. But on the other side of this uh, uh, COVID story that's going on, um, this past Sunday, we took our son, I took our son, to have uh, a test for COVID. Now, the reason we did that was uh, he and a few of his friends 
wanted to do a spring break thing. No, they didn't go to Cancun. They didn't go to Florida. Uh, they actually went up north in Minnesota. They were like a four-hour drive away from the Twin Cities, straight up north. They're, they're about an hour's drive north of Duluth. I mean, they're way the hell up there. And um, uh, one of the group uh, got uh, uh, an Airbnb house that they can, they're going to stay in. They're going to be there for something like five days. And this is the first time our son, who's 17 years old, has gone somewhere for an extended period of extended period of time away from his parents. We're nervous. We kept drilling it into him. You know, be responsible, be safe. Don't you know? I'm sure it's some drug and alcohol fueled sex orgy going on up there. But you know, uh, you know. So um, told him to be safe and be careful and, and text us. Keep keep in touch with us. And if we text you. Look for our text and respond. Respond. We'll try not to harp on you, but just we want to know what's going on. We want to know that you're okay. All that kind of stuff. Um, well, one of his his, his uh, group said, "Hey, we ought to all get tested for the COVID before we get together to do this thing. Just hang out in this house. I don't know what else they plan on doing. They're the oldest in the group is is 18, and the rest are 17. So, okay." Um, you know what? Can, what can they do? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, so I thought that's a good sign for responsibility among the kids. That's a good sign. So Amy set it up for me to take Hayden somewhere to get the to, to a Walgreens to get his COVID test. Now I had pictured the parking lot would have a setup, like there was a Walgreens near near our house. It's still there, but they were doing testing over the summer, and they would do it right there in the parking lot. And uh, I, that's what I was expecting. But then once, with the, some initial confusion while pulling into the lot trying to figure out what was going on, realized uh, the signs said go to the drive-up, the pharmacy drive-up window, which we did. So we get up to the drive-up window. I tell them that I'm here to do, you know, the, the, my son needs this test. And they said, okay, what's his name? I give the name. And I show his student ID. And the person behind the, the window is putting together uh, some stuff. And I'm, I was sitting there thinking, okay, is she going to come out and, you know, come around to his side of the car and do the test? Or, or you know, what, what's going on here? She gets everything into this Ziploc bag, puts it into a little, little uh, red bin, and she puts it out through the drawer. She says, okay, now take the stuff that's in there, and I'll talk you through this. And was at that point, I went, oh, I'm doing the testing. I'm going to be putting the Q-tip thing up his nose. Okay, now I suppose he could have done it himself, but he might have been a little too gentle on himself. You know, we don't want to have that happening. So she says to me, okay, you know, there's a test tube in there with a little bit of uh, a uh, liquid chemical in there that's a preservative, uh, I'm, I'm guessing. And then there's this little container, little like a, it's like a bandage container, you know, that you can pull the paper apart. It's a little hermetically sealed, sterile container with the, with the swab in there. So I bring that, I open that up, and the swab's only like three inches long. And so I, she says, okay, you put it up one nostril and you get it in fairly deep and you just turn it around for about five seconds and work it around there for five seconds and then you put in the other nostril and you do, this, do the same thing. And so I'm just about to do it and I turn to her and I say, you sure five seconds is going to be enough? You know, I could do this for like two or three minutes. You know, what do you think? You know, and she said, no, 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 we don't want to torture him. And I said, <laughs> you're no fun. Anyway, so up it went, up his nose and uh, did the little thing. And Hayden is not enjoying it. It's just like, ah, dad, ah. I know, hang on. I count down, you know, five, four, three, two, one and a half, 
one and a quarter, one, I, I count down to zero. And then I do the other nostril, and I must have done fine because there was ick on the Q-tip part, you know, the swab part, there's, there's ick on it. And then I put it into the test tube, seal it up, put it back into the Ziploc bag, send it back in through the window to the to the to the pharmacy person, and uh, she tells me, so, "Okay, the, they'll get this will get picked up. It'll go to the lab, and within 48 hours, you should have information on how the how the results are." So, you know, that was, and then I took Hayden somewhere to get. Well, he needed to get new earbuds, and then he, and I got him a treat because you know, make him feel better because I. Stuff, stuff, put stuff up his nose. He was, ugh, after it was done, he's like, ugh, ugh, dad, ugh, dad. He said that first nostril, he said it really burned. He didn't expect it to burn, but it did. Anyway, so um, got him home. Uh, sometime Monday evening, Amy got a text or an email with the results saying that he tested negative. That's great. But let us circle back to the first story I told. When I got together with the maskless wonders, I was wearing a mask. I was doing my best to keep my distance from them, to not, you know, I was doing my best. I sanitized my hands after shaking their hands twice. But when I got home that evening, gave Hayden a hug, he's doing that, and I thought, I woke up at uh, 4 in the morning on Tuesday morning and had to go pee. You know, I'm a man of a certain age. That happens. And uh, so I get back in bed, and I'm laying there, and it hits me. Jesus, I met with these damn people without their masks on, and then I got home, and I'm hugging Hayden. Oh, jeez, you know, you know, for the love of Satan, I hope I didn't get infected by them and infect him. I guess we'll just have to see how it goes. But fingers crossed. <sighs> people just got to realize, you know, we're, we're still in a pandemic. And I'm going to go to my break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'll be back after this break. Other guys. The finger. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Hi, I'm Darren McKee, one of the hosts of The Reality Check. Each week, my co-host and I explore a range of controversies and curiosities using science and critical thinking. You can find us on iTunes, your favorite podcasting platform, and on Facebook by searching for The Reality Check or by following us on Twitter at TRC underscore podcast. Until then, keep an open mind, but not so open your brain falls out. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Uh, I'll give you an update on my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law. Uh, my 
wife's brother Cam uh, and his wife Missy uh, had been diagnosed with the COVID and they uh, Missy was able to take care of herself at home uh, they did end up putting their dog in a kennel uh, so that they, they didn't have to worry about dealing with the dog. Uh, Cam, however, spent some time in the hospital. Uh, I believe I told you last week that he did get out of the hospital uh, a week from Thursday, a week ago Thursday, uh, which would be yesterday as I record this show on Friday, April 2nd. So um, he went home, and I guess it was yesterday that... Uh, uh, Cam, I think they, they'd been communicating otherwise, but Cam uh, had, uh, uh, when I got home from work, uh, Amy was on the phone with her brother, uh, which is a, a really good sign because that means he's breathing better and he can talk on the phone. Um, he said that his wife had, uh, that Missy was, uh, had, com had been tested again. She tested negative. So she's gone through it and and she's she's emerged from the other side uh, and as bad as she had it I guess it wasn't as bad as what Cam went through because obviously he ended up in the hospital uh, but he's he's better Amy says his sense of smell and we're, we're assuming taste are still affected but come getting better his breathing is much better uh, he's he's on the mend he's probably gonna be out of work for another couple three weeks or something like that and then we found out that neither of them can be vaccinated for another three months but since they've had the covid they probably have a measure of immunity to protect them as it is but they should still wear masks uh what they figured was that um missy got it from her job there was there's one of the co-workers that they you know had brought it in and infected three other people that worked there and uh, other women that worked there and those all four of those women gave the gave the uh, the COVID to their husbands. So you know that's that's what they saw happened. And anyway, so it's uh, Cam, uh, Cam was talking about the migraine type headaches that he would have, and it was just it, you know being in the hospital is like the worst the worst hotel that you can ever stay at, and for its expense, <laughs> that's it's crazy. But uh, but he's through it, and it's better. And I feel better about that because <laughs> it's just ugh. now it was going to be at this point in the show that I was going to grumble about. I'm still waiting to hear about uh, uh, about my uh, getting my vaccine. Uh, Amy, uh, she was di she was uh, contacted last Friday, as was my friend uh, Craig. Uh, both of them. I mean, within minutes of each other, were telling me, "Check your email. We just got our, you know, invite to set up the appointment." Amy set up her appointment for the first shot on April fifth. Craig's got his set up for April sixth, and I and I every day since then, I throughout the day checking the email, checking the email, nothing, 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 nothing. Now over the weekend, the week after Amy had her, you know, set up, set up her appointment, got her invitation from our health insurance company. This is just this is from our health insurance provider, our health care provider. This is from them. Now we had both signed up through the state to get on, you know, to get the COVID thing, uh, the vaccine when it's available to us. So okay, so we had both done that. And anyway, so after Amy got the invite from our health insurance company, 
over the weekend, she got another email from the state saying, hey, you can set up an appointment to get your vaccine. And I seethed through the rest of the week. Like, What's going on? And I was ready to still be going grumble, grumble, grumble on the show tonight. But I guess you can tell by the fact that I'm not grumbling. Today, Friday, April 2nd, somewhere around 1 or 2 o'clock or something like that, I checked my email and there it was. There it was. It said, you can set up your appointment. It was from the health insurance company. You can set up your appointment to get the vaccine. And I was just, oh, this is great. Um, so I, 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 I forward the email from my phone to uh, my email at work so that I can go on the desktop because I'm a little more confident in working on the desktop than trying to do this with my phone. And I, I called Amy and I said, guess what I got? <laughs> You know, and she said, well, you know, and and, and so I just want you on the phone with me while I go through this in case I need your help. And so she she stood by, but I I got through it. So I'm getting through, and you go through these little layers, and you, you make sure the information is correct. They, they go through these things, you answer certain questions, and then it gets you to the scheduling. And it said, uh, you can be scheduled. Uh, the first date available was April 16th, which is a Friday. And here are the times. They give you these time increments. Starting at I don't know, some in the morning all the way through uh, almost five o'clock in the evening, and I'm looking through those, and there was a four 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 fifty p.m. Uh, appointment, so I clicked on that. I'll I'll go with that. That was the last one available. I figured, yeah, end of the day, fine. So I click on that, and I go through the thing, and it says, "Sorry, we're unable to uh, set up an appointment for you at this time." <laughs> <laughs> I took a I took a picture of the screen and I sent it to Amy and I sent it to Craig just to said look at that see see huh figures figures huh well Amy says try it again so I go through the thing zing 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 get through get to the get to the you know it's the same day Friday the Friday April sixteenth all those time slots are set up except the four fifty is now gone four forty is the last point in the day to get an appointment. I click that, I go to next and it says, congratulations, you have set up your appointment. Or I don't know if it said congratulations, but you got your appointment set up. And so everything and sent me a reminder, here you go. If they, they say, figure that you're going to be there for at least a half hour after it's done. Uh, bring your stuff that you got to bring. And it, it was saying that at least at the, the clinic that I'll be going to to get my shot, that they're not sure which vaccine I'll get. It, it could be any of the three that are out there right now. Uh, the Pfizer, the Moderna, or the Johnson & Johnson. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine is just a one dose. The other two are two doses. I, I don't know why, but I kind of want the two dose one. I mean, the one dose won't be fine, but I kind of want the two dose. Why is that? Is, it, is that? is that thinking that more is better? One more is better than just one? Is that what it, is that what's going on in my head? So I'll find out which one I, I'll get at the time. Uh, actually, when Amy goes in on Monday to get hers, I'll, I'll say, you know, find out which one you got. So that's probably, and ask if that's likely to be the one I'll get in a couple of weeks' time when I go in. So it's like, 
Oh, I mean, because I kept looking at Facebook and I was seeing Facebook friends saying, I just got my, I just made my appointment for my shot, or someone saying, I just got my first shot, and the other one saying, I got my second one. And I'm just, I'm just like, great, great, I'm happy for all you. But I'm sitting there, you know, green eyed, uh, envious guy, thinking, why isn't it me? <laughs> well, it's going to be me. So, <sighs> I tell you, you know, the feeling of relief that comes about when you realize that it's going to be my turn. My new watch. You should see my watch. My new watch. You should see my new watch. Uh, remember a while back when I was talking about one of my favorite things that I have that I got from my brother-in-law who just is now getting over the COVID. Uh, he, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, something like that, he gave me a watch for Christmas. And it was a Swiss Army design knife by uh, the company or the watch, yeah, the watch company or the knife company is called Wenger. I, somebody told me that it's probably pronounced Wenger. Uh, it's W-E-N-G-E-R. I think I said Wenger last time, but it's probably Wenger or something like that. Uh, and... Uh, I had that watch, and I'd worn it constantly for I don't know, probably close to 20 years, uh, except for that one year when I was I was showing that that jewelry store that was supposedly giving me the free batteries, but would make me send the bat the watch out and pay like 50 bucks to have this other place put it in. But the battery was free. I was showing those guys. I put that watch aside for a year. <laughs> Showed them before I realized why don't I just call this. Uh, clock and watch shop house of clocks and see if maybe they can give me a battery and they did for 10 bucks none of this crap about oh the waterproofness might not be so i don't care i just won't wear the watch in the water okay so anyway i had dropped it one morning and it stopped ticking and i i, I brought it over to house of clocks they checked the battery, and they said it's not the battery, and they didn't tell me which. They, they recommended a place where I could bring it to have it fixed. I called them, and the fellow said, well, bring it on in. I'll let you know if it's worth fixing. So I did, and he said, well, I could fix it. And he did get it running. He says there's probably a bunch of crap inside there because you can see where it's worn down from my wearing it for so long, and that probably lets stuff in through the seal of the, uh, the back plate. Um, and he says probably a little something got into the gears. He says, I got it working now, but... I wouldn't set any appointments by this watch because it might stop working at any time. Because, you know, but I could fix it. He said, I can open it up, clean it up, fix it up. But it'd be more than what the watch is worth. So I decided, why don't I buy a new watch? So I went on to the evil Amazon and I found a Timex watch. Uh, and this one, you know, looked like it was pretty cool. It's basically uh, silver in color, you know, the whole. It's not silver, but you know, silver in color. Color. It's got a stretchy band. Uh, it's a little. It's a little thicker than my other watch, and the face is just a little bit wider than the other watch. But it has a black face. I'm sorry. There's, there's no racial thing here, but it just does have a black face, and I, I like that. And it has silver numbers. Uh, the hands have little glow-in-the-dark strips on them, and it also has a feature which I've never had on a watch. It's got the day of the week and the date. I've had watches with a date on there. In fact, that Wenger watch that I had had the date on. And so I, I thought, you yeah, know, let's get it. So I ordered it. I got it. It's less than 50 bucks. 
got the watch and I sat down with it and I opened open up the package and there's no manual in there. Nothing to tell me how to set the date. I could figure out how to do the time and the day. I managed to get that set up, but I couldn't. How do I get the date? And so I, I look around, I look at the paperwork. The paperwork that was in there is just uh, how to get the warranty in about 20 different languages. So I, I, I just like, uh, this is late at night, Amy's in bed. So I figured, uh, I go online, I look in YouTube, and I find a YouTube video where it's not the, it's almost the, it's almost the exact same watch. Timex watch, uh, the day and date, it's just a different coloring. So it had a it had a different serial number or style number to the to the to the item, but it's pretty much the same watch. And this guy is saying that you know, well, you know, when you want to get the watch, I'll show you how to set the time on this thing, how to set the date, and all that's usually the hard part. And he had all these thank yous in the comments about it. He says, well, they tell you that you're supposed to pull out the, it's the crown. The knob on the watch, that's called the crown. You take the crown out, and then you says, then you're supposed to pull it out even further. So he's he's pulling on this thing, and he pulls it all the way out so that you see this little pin that's attached to the inside of that thing that goes into the watch and locks in somewhere to make it run, right? And I thought, that doesn't look right. He says, and it doesn't work. You turn around, it doesn't work. Well, here's how you do it. And he essentially just turns the watch, the, the thing, until the the day and the the and the and date match up. And that he says, it might take a little time, but you'll be able to do it. And I said, that can't be right. So I call House of Clocks the next day. And the person I talked to says, oh, it's very easy. And she talked me through it. She says, when you pull out the crown... Be gentle, there'll be a click. First click. I thought, first click? Whoa. She says, you pull it out till you feel that first click, and I did. And she says, now give it a turn, and, and the date was moving. The date moved. And I went, oh, that's how it does it. So I got it set to the right date. Then when you pull it even out one more click, because it's supposed to go out two clicks, the one more click, that does the hands and the day or the week. So, oh, because when I was initially settling it, I was just pulling it out to that second position, and I didn't realize there was a there was another click ahead of that. I didn't realize that. Well, the next day, I mentioned it to my wife. I mentioned it to a friend of mine, and they both said, well, I could have told you that. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know. I've never had a watch like that. Now, I prefer an analog watch, you know, with hands and the numbers. I prefer that. I don't like digital watches. Never did. Um, and I... So this is the just give me a watch that tells me the time with the day of the week and the date. That's great. I don't need a watch that's got uh, you know a calculator on it and internet access. And sure, it'll show a, a dig, uh, an analog face if you want it to. I don't need that. I don't need the watch to tell me you know how many uh, how many beats per minute my heart's doing to to, to give me an EKG or to predict when I'm going to die. I don't need that that kind of watch. Just give me a nice analog watch that I pop a battery in there of a couple of years and that's just give me that that's all I want that's what I got and that's what I got and then I realized I got something else with it when I was fiddling around with it trying to figure out how to set the date I pressed on the on the crown and doing so the face of the watch lit up and I went oh, I didn't even know it did that this is awesome <laughs> my new watch. 
What? What? This is my favorite watch now. What, the other one? It's in a drawer somewhere. I don't know. What watch? What watch? I didn't know. But don't tell my brother and brother-in-law about it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Going to take my next break. I'll be back. You'll, uh, I'll, I'll be back. I don't need to say the other stuff because I just said it. Okay, so I'll, I'll return. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Oh, and welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I was so enjoying listening to that song coming in, the Pete Townsend's Empty Glass. Uh, I was just really enjoying it. I realized that the song ended. <laughs> and I went, oh, I have to start talking again. Ah, oh, great. Well, well, kids, I want to be honest with you. I had kind of a, how shall I put it, kind of a down week. It's kind of in a not a great mood. Uh, can't exactly explain why. It goes back. I you know I've had times where I, I I get into these kind of moods. Going back to when I was in high school, just and I don't know what it is. Just a few days. I just just things feel off. I don't. It's it's not right. And something's bugging me. And I don't I can't necessarily pinpoint exactly what it is. It might be a few things happening at once. I might feel a little overwhelmed about things. Uh, this past week, you know, worried about my son. You know, going off on his own with friends. This is the first time. Like I said, first time. He's been overnight at friends' places plenty of times, but this is, you know, five days he's going to be gone, and we're not with him, and it's, you know, but it, it, hopefully it'll, you know, hopefully it'll be okay. 
uh, but we're worried about that. And then, you know, and then, and then of course, uh, not knowing whether or not I was going to get this vaccine, and, and just getting more and more angry about it. every time I check my email, there's nothing there. Uh, it's stuff at work, even though we good news about getting a new client, uh, customer. That's good, but you know, the mask stuff and just COVID pandemic going on over a year and it's just it's wearing on us and it's all you know whatever it's just things things just pile up and it just gets uh and my wife was noticing it the other day and i said i can't explain it honey i'm not mad at you uh, which is a natural ex uh, um uh, reaction that people will have when you're off when you're you're off around them and they think is it something that i did because that's you know they're wondering what's going on with you and they thought maybe it's me did i do something and I told her, no, I'm not mad at you. And then, you know, it's just, I don't know what it is. It's just things. So part of what I was trying to do over that time in order to, I don't know, alleviate the, the downerness of my week was to spend time on YouTube watching uh, old clips of Late Night with David Letterman. I can't tell you how much of a fan I was of David Letterman because I've been sworn to secrecy. I'm not allowed. No, no, I was a huge fan of Letterman. Uh, when I knew, but I, I knew of Dave Letterman before he got Late Night. Uh, I may have talked about some of this before, but uh, I remember watching him on, on Carson when he would show up as a, as a as a as a guest, you know, doing a, doing a performance, or when he was guest host. And I remember really liking him and thinking he was funny, and I enjoyed his I enjoyed his his, his style. And then uh, at some point, I think I was either in uh, my early in high school or late in junior high school. I can't remember where exactly it was. I think it was probably high school. Uh, he had a morning show. And I thought, well, pff, well, great. He's got a morning show. I'm at school. How the hell am I going to watch this? You know, I, just, I, I knew who this guy was. But I, I, didn't, I wasn't aware that he got a late night show. To come on after Johnny Carson I wasn't aware that it was happening right away, so I I caught in onto the show early on, but not way early, like in his first year. But you know. and there was just something, there was something about Letterman's show, the Late Night with David Letterman. For a while there, it felt like I was in on something. It's just me and a few cool people know about this guy. It's just this, it's you know, you felt kind of special, right? And I just loved his sense of humor. It had a huge influence on how I do my humor stuff. It just it's had a huge influence. I still, especially after watching a bunch of the clips of where he's doing stuff, I thought, wow, I think I do that. Ooh, I do that. <laughs> stuff like that. So, and I was I, did, I I looked on his Wikipedia page or for the late for late night to find out something because because the Wikipedia page had a mistake on there. I mean, I mean, I, I was looking at Letterman stuff on there because I was interested in seeing, you know, the timing of things. But Wikipedia had a mistake on there. Remember, Paul Schaefer had that band on Late Night. And according to Wikipedia, in 1988, it came to be known as the world's most dangerous band. But that's not true. That's not accurate. It was a lot earlier than that. Because I watched uh, the viewer mail from the second week of Dave's show, the second Thursday. They did. They were doing Monday through Thursdays at the beginning, and then eventually they went uh, Monday to Friday, except Mondays were repeats. And, and anyway, but so they, they 
Thursdays was uh, was viewer mail night, and uh, I was tuning. There's a whole bunch of clips of viewer mail stuff that that that's one particular YouTuber has put up, and it's done and it does a whole bunch of stuff and does a real nice job with them too. Anyway, so they they have this one up from from February 11th, 1982. Letterman debuted on February 1st, 1982, and by that second Thursday, Dave, you know, he introduces Paul. And then he has Paul introduce the members of the band. And at some point after that, Dave says, you know, Paul Schaefer and the world's most dangerous band. Six years ahead of when Wikipedia says the band eventually became known as the world's most dangerous band. Said it right there. Now, whether that stuck or they, they picked it up again later, yeah, that's possible. And so, uh, anyway, so I, 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 I just, I've been watching a lot of the viewer mail clips in that. And oh, there was another thing that I learned on the YouTube, uh, uh, oh, not the YouTube, on the Wikipedia about Letterman. So Letterman did this morning show, lasted 18 weeks, and it was canceled. The morning show just wasn't finding an audience. He was too, he was too weird for that time of day. But the, but the NBC executives still liked Dave, and they wanted to, to give him something. They wanted to figure out something, and. Uh, they were hearing that he was getting offers from other networks, so they tied, they they made him this offer, and oh my goodness, what an offer! They said, "Look, don't accept any of these other offers. We still want to put you on somewhere. We got to find out a find a time for you to know that we'll pay you a million dollars for a year, twenty grand a week, or something like that, and to do nothing except for show up on Carson to do a guest hosting every now and then. I mean, what a deal!" So they ended up figuring, oh, we're going to put you on after Carson, and 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 then it's just you know the rest is history, as the uh, children say. And so, it's, I thought that was really cool. Now this YouTuber that's put all these things together, uh, he's done some really cool stuff. What he'll do, this person will do, is um, if there's a reference made in there, and that person thinks, oh, I could, I sh I should include what they're referring to so people understand what that means. If he can find a video clip, he'll do it. For example, there was one where Paul makes this joke about wanting to do a Broadway play version of a real serious acting version of a of an infomercial that was playing in 1980-something that, that was about hair care products that had uh, Ted Danson, the actor Ted Danson, crash the... Uh, the infomercial just show up like like this is spontaneous. No, it was all scripted. <laughs> of course, it's an infomercial. But he comes in and he praises the the person who the hair care product person, and then walks off. So uh, Schaefer was talking about that. And at the time, that clip was, I guess, better known. That that infomercial was better known. But the YouTuber decided to start off this video clip with that segment from that infomercial and at first I was like what the heck is this doing in there is this guy taping over something or and this got left on and then when I saw the thing I said, oh that's right so this youtuber is real smart he would put in these little bits in order to uh, uh, you know explain what they're referring to here he didn't do it every time when they refer to something you just have to say well okay but a lot of times if he was able to he put something in there and I thought, that's brilliant. That's great. So I was watching these things and really enjoying it. And the guy had put together one of those supercut, hour and a half long supercuts that he called, you know, Dave Letterman doing impressions. And he, 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 he set it up in chapters by year. 
So they're you know it's so he did the all a bunch of uh, impressions that he did in 1986, a bunch of impressions in 1987, and so on, and. Uh, most of Dave's impressions were him just doing some, you know, versions of some dumb guy, just just a dumb guy. Uh, for instance, he said, you know, here's my impression of uh, of uh, of, a, of a dumb guy uh, working for a garden center. And so Dave would turn his back to the camera, and he'd you know he'd loosen up his shoulders, he'd shake his shoulders and shake out his arms, and then he'd pretend to straighten out his hair, and he'd turn around and he'd put on a dumb guy face and say, uh, "We're out of dirt." Yeah, you know, and then they, there'd be a musical fanfare, and the audience would applaud, and you know, thank you, thank you, that kind of thing. So, I, all right, so that's what he would do, and so I'm watching all this, and then 1987 rolls around, and in 1987, uh, and and oh, you should also know this about Dave. Dave likes baseball, because you know I like, <laughs> the guy likes baseball. So Dave watches baseball on TV. Well, in 1987, toward the end of the season, he started doing an impression of Sparky Anderson. Who was Sparky Anderson? At the time, in 1987, Sparky Anderson was the manager of the Detroit Tigers. The Detroit Tigers in that season were the best team in baseball. They were an American League team. They were leading the uh, American League East division. And... Uh, and and, and um, Sparky Anderson was there was the manager. He was also uh, before he managed for Detroit. He managed for the the Cincinnati Reds uh, during the time period when the Reds were referred to as the Big Red Machine. Uh, Pete Rose played for him. Johnny Bench played for him. Joe Morgan played for him. They were just a really super powerful team. Won two World Series with the the Reds. Uh, uh, Anderson uh, managed uh, the Detroit Tigers to one World Series championship. Uh, and a bunch of bunch of success with them, but you know, one, so that's three World Series championships. Championships he had. He was not much of a player. Play, play spent most of his time in the minor leagues. Did one season in the in the up in the major leagues, but he didn't do very well. But uh, he excelled when it came to managing. He's just just a great guy. So what Dave would do would be an impression of Sparky Anderson. And so he, he what he he uh, Sparky was an older guy by this point. And apparently a little hard of hearing. So when a reporter was interviewing him, he would really, you know, he'd cock the ear toward the guy a little bit, look, real serious look on his face and as he listened intently to the question. So Dave started making fun of this. And he says, I'm going to do my impression. So he turns around and he shakes out his shoulders and his arms. He does that thing. He uh, straightens out it, you know, does his hair kind of thing. Turns around. And then he leans forward, and it's a wordless impression. He leans forward, hunches his head a bit, puts you know, juts out his chin a little bit, but still has his head down a little, so his eyes are looking upward, and his eyes would be darting back and forth, looking back and forth, and he'd have one ear sort of cocked on one side, and he'd just have this real serious look on his face. And he'd do that. And then uh, and then they'd get a fan, musical fanfare, and the audience would applaud, and Dave's like, yeah, thank you very much, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so that's he'd do that, right? And... And I was seeing that. That's pretty, you know, pretty accurate as far as I remembered. And it's in, it's significant because Dave would talk about uh, the ALCS was happening. And this is 1987. And I said, oh, I know why that's significant because the uh, the American League West Division winner was the Minnesota Twins, and the Twins 
played the Detroit Tigers in the American League Championship Series. And the Tigers were heavily, heavily favored to beat the Twins. They had the best record in baseball, the Tigers did. And the Twins had the best home record of any team in baseball, but not so good on the road. And the, and the Twins were playing in the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome at the time, and that could get really, really loud, right? And, and that was a factor in some of the winning. But the Twins... You know they were somewhat dismissed by the lead, by fans and the, you know not Twins fans but you know, there are people around baseball saying oh they can only win at home and all that kind of thing so they're just going to get killed by the Tigers. Well the Twins beat the Tigers in a seven game series, uh, best of seven series, beat them in five games, two of which were in Detroit. They won the series in Detroit. So when they came home, champions. They went into the World Series and then beat. The St. Louis Cardinals, of course, in that series won all seven games. The Twins won all their home games, and the Cardinals won all their home games. But, as I had stated, the uh, the YouTuber that put this super clip together, after Dave does all those impressions of Sparky Anderson, he put in a clip of Sparky Anderson being interviewed after the Detroit Tigers lost the American League Championship Series to the Minnesota Twins. And I have the audio right here so hopefully this won't be too loud but uh hopefully you can hear it too so let's uh have i got everything aimed right i think i got everything aimed right okay this is sparky anderson uh and his reaction to losing to the minnesota twins in the uh, 1987 american league championship series I just like to say one thing, Don, to Tom Kelly and that ball club over there in Minnesota. They deserve it. They beat up on us in every direction, and they played as good and hard as you can. And their fans in Minnesota, oh, good luck to those two National League clubs after going there and listen to that noise. Huh? Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? I think that's cool. Sparky Anderson talking about how loud it was. Uh, with the Twins fans and how well the Twins played and just in how, how, how good a manager uh, Tom Kelly was and all that. Speaking of the Twins, before I get out of here, speaking of the Twins, opening day was April 1st and a couple of things. <laughs> the Twins were playing in Milwaukee. Uh, They're playing the Brewers, interleague, interleague play. Uh, the Twins were leading the game going into the bottom of the ninth. They were up 5-2. to two. And this happened to coincide with my checking out my, my Major League Baseball app to see how the Twins were doing. So I don't get any audio or video. I just see the line score and I see what's going on on the diamond, that kind of thing. I just see what's happening. And I say, oh, the Twins are up 5-2. to two. Let's see. There's one man out. They need to get two more out. So they've got a guy on first. Okay. All right. Let's see how this goes. By the end of the ninth inning, the score was tied at two. Uh, no, it's tied at five. <laughs> it's tied at five, and then the bottom of the tenth, the the uh, Brewers beat the Twins. Ah, uh, great. Another thing about this about this game, the Twins signed Josh Donaldson. I can't remember who he was playing for before he came to the Twins. Uh, they signed him for as uh, their third baseman. To start playing in the 2020 season last year, and that was a shortened season, 60 games total for that season because of the COVID. And Donaldson had a bit of a injury problem before coming to the Twins. He played 28 games 
in that shortened season. Less than half the games. Spent most of his time on the injured list in 2020. So the first day, opening day of the season, first inning, Donaldson hits a, a double play. No, he hits a double, and he was running it out going as he comes around first base, heading to second. Did his, something went wrong with his hamstring? He's injured. We're going to see what's going to happen to him now. He's played for the Twins 28 games and one at bat. He's got he's a four-year contract at 92 million dollars. Good work if you can get it. Yeah, but hey, it's baseball. Good night, Adolfo. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, uh, I've come to the end of another show. Be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. You know, be patient. Uh, keep your distance. Wash your hands. Wear a mask when you're out in public, even after you've been vaccinated. If you haven't been vaccinated yet, get vaccinated. I'm going to get mine soon. Yay. Uh, and uh, otherwise, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Nymphett Simmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option. And you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for, for tuning us in. My life, you're clever, Dim. It's certainly taken me in. Well, well I'm going well, to hell. hell.